This podcast is brought to you by RMA, the Risk Management Association. RMA's sole purpose is to advance the use of sound risk management principles in the financial services industry. Learn more at rmahq.org. This is Linda Tuck Chapman speaking to you on an RMA podcast, Third Party Lifecycle Management. I'm speaking to you about a a publication in RMA Journal, April 2020 edition, which is an excerpt of my book, Third-Party Risk Management, Driving Enterprise Value, published by RMA. Uh, The book was originally published in 2018 and is available on Amazon, and an updated version is coming out in the next couple of months, and it features all new chapters on innovation risk and financial crimes. Because critical activities are often delivered by different internal functions, The points of failure and vulnerabilities related to the third-party relationships can be opaque. Lifecycle management, which is a very prudent approach to looking at your third parties, assumes that every relationship has a beginning and an end, and that the relationship can change over time. And we also have to consider that each third-party relationship is part of your firm's extended enterprise, and it's essential to your operational, financial, and, and reputational ecosystem. Now, lifecycle management, like any complex process, involves a lot of key activities. There is uh, a lot of detail in the article that's published, including a model or a framework uh, that describes a typical and proven lifecycle management model, which some people like to refer to as a target operating model. Now, when you start to think about your critical third parties, you should also be thinking about their critical third parties, who are your material fourth parties. In this regard, some of your third parties, critical third parties, like an outsourced data center or perhaps a payment processing organization, is a material fourth party to your company, especially when your third party is totally reliant on them to deliver services. So in order to understand your organization's aggregate exposure to third and fourth party risk, and to integrate the business continuity management plans into the larger whole, you really do need to know uh, what the whole picture looks like in order to recover from a serious failure or in today's world to really understand what your risk exposure is in these very uncertain times. Now, just as boards of directors can't manage the organizations they govern, your company really can't manage the operations of its third parties. So what's more important here is good governance. Good governance of the critical third parties relies on sound lifecycle management processes, defined accountabilities, strong controls, and transparency, and of course, the all-important governance and oversight. Now, broadly speaking, the processes designed by your risk control functions that are embedded in your organization's third-party risk management program should really look at the risk and controls for at the corporate level for your third parties And really, I I guess, for the whole organization, but particularly for the businesses in terms of the specific laws and regulations that apply to them. Now, your company cannot outsource its accountability, so it's really advisable to take time to determine whether existing and new uh, critical third parties have the appropriate knowledge and practices and controls to comply with what you need to comply with in terms of laws and regulations. It may be tempting to believe that your organization can rely on sweep clauses in your third-party agreements, clauses that are designed to hold the third party accountable for compliance to regulations, laws, performance, etc. But this reliance may be misplaced, particularly the third party really doesn't fully understand what is required. Maybe they don't have fully the processes in place to stay current with the changes to regulations or to quickly deal with new ones or just feel forced to agree with your company's terms and conditions due to competitive uh, pressures.
Now, many practitioners and, and uh, senior management do believe that their third-party risk management programs are mature or quickly approaching maturity. And one reason for this belief is that the, that the program is mature is because it consists of repeatable processes. But pro- measuring process maturity really doesn't get at whether or not you're effectively managing risk, whether it's compliance-centric, risk-centric, etc., or whether it's just simply a one-size-fits-all process. So you really should ask yourself the fundamental question, well, if, if it's mature, are we measuring the right things in the right way? And are, should we me- measure the maturity processes or should we measure the maturity of our ability to manage third-party risk? So effective third- risk management is both strategic and operational. Strategically, third-party risk should be aligned with your firm's enterprise risk management framework contained within your risk appetite, and subject to the governance and risk oversight that you would expect for these important relationships. After all, they are part of your extended enterprise. And operationally, the processes must be risk-centric. They must identify, assess, manage, and control the risks of your critical third-party relationships throughout their whole life cycle and be risk-adjusted to make risk best use of resources. If you'd like to listen to part two of the podcast, I'm going to go into a little bit more detail around what happens during the lifecycle management framework. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to our podcasts. Whether you're a regular listener or a first-time listener, if you enjoy our podcasts, please provide a favorable rating on iTunes. Thank you.